Girlfriends, episode number 197, Reclaiming the Art of Home with Dr. Carrie Grass. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. This week, I'm talking with Dr. Carrie Gress about theology of home. It's going to be a great conversation. Can't wait to get started. Hey, girlfriends, how are you? Thanks for being here. Thanks for showing up for another episode of the Girlfriends Podcast. You know I love connecting with you here week after week. And just the fact that you show up is a true gift to me. So thanks for being here. If you're a first-time listener to the Girlfriends Podcast, I want to give you a special welcome. Thanks for being here. Thanks for giving the show a try. I'm hoping you're going to find it a valuable addition to your life and you will become a regular listener here at Girlfriends, become a part of our prayerful community of girlfriends here. If you're a longtime listener or a sometimes listener, welcome back. Glad you are here. You are truly valuable. You're an important part of the Girlfriends community, and I'm thrilled that you're giving us a listen today. So today I'm going to have a special guest on, Dr. Carrie Gress, who's author of Theology of Home. And um, this book has been making a little bit of a splash. It's newly released by Tan, and I've been seeing it everywhere. And I'm a big fan of Dr. Carrie Gress's work in other areas, but it's just an absolutely beautiful book. I can't wait to have the opportunity to talk with her about that, but also to talk about this concept of home. And before I have Carrie on in just a few minutes here, I just wanted to share with you a thought that I had about home recently, which was this and I've shared this before on the podcast, that we women have a unique capacity for being homemakers. And some people cringe when you say that, right? Because they think you are saying women are only good for, you know, cleaning out toilets or whatever. Um, but that's absolutely not what we mean by that. I think it's such a beautiful gift to be gifted in the art of making home. And, you know, we're not all going to be Martha Stewart's. That's not what I mean by that. But we women have a unique way of looking at and valuing creating a home space for our families, for the people that we love, for the people that God has placed in our lives for us to take care of. This is part of how we do that. And I realized this very personally over uh, about a week ago, over the weekend. Uh, my husband, Dan, as some of you know, owns an escape room business. And Weekends are the busy times, and sometimes he needs me to pitch in and help out there on the weekends. Well, this particular day, I had a plan for what I was going to make for dinner, and I was looking forward to trying this new recipe that I was going to make for dinner. It was going to be a little bit intensive, and Dan needed my help at the escape room, so I was there, and then it got busier, and I was stuck there for longer than I wanted to be there, and I was feeling frustrated because you know what? I just wanted to be home. I wanted to be home making dinner for my family as quaint and cute as that sounds. That is exactly what it was. And that is why I was feeling frustrated. Dan didn't understand that at all. Like he wasn't, he's thinking I didn't want to be there for whatever other reason, but it truly was that, that I was feeling frustrated because I felt like I, I want to be home. I want to be making home for my family right now. And, you know, whether they appreciate it or not, this is what we do for our family members. And, you know, on that same day when I got home, it was a little bit later than I wanted it to be. And I was kind of scrambling to make the recipe that I had planned. And Dan, you know, being really nice and kind and generous was like, you don't have to do that. Like, we can just get takeout or there's probably leftovers that we can eat. It's no big deal. And he was trying to be nice, right? But I was like, no. 
this is what I'm doing. This is important to me. I'm making this recipe. And of course, it doesn't have to, you know, be expressed that way in each of us. But it occurred to me as I was reflecting on that, that Dan had a very different kind of more practical approach to it. Like, you know, we need to eat, right? And he was finding a different way to solve that problem. But for me, making that recipe it wasn't about the recipe. It's about so much more than just the fact that my family needs to eat, right? And I think that we women have a unique capacity for understanding that. We have a gift for understanding that. And it translates into a beautiful gift that we can give to our families when we focus on the art of making home in whatever way that looks for you, because it looks different for all of us. We all have different gifts and strengths. And sometimes if you go on Pinterest, you're going to come away feeling discouraged because it's not necessarily going to look exactly like what, you know, your daily life inside of your home looks like. Um, But we women, because of our intuition, because of our sensitivity to the needs of others, because we pay attention to small details, because we notice those things and value those small things, we have a very unique capacity for making people comfortable, making people feel welcomed. And that's ultimately what our role is meant to be inside of our homes, inside of our families. And I think that's such a beautiful thing. And I can't wait to talk with Dr. Carrie Gress a little bit more about that in just a moment here. But I wanted to share that story with you because it really made me reflect a little bit. And I want to encourage you to reflect a little bit about how do you make home for your family? What does that look like for you? What kinds of things do you enjoy doing for your family? What kinds of things um, have that kind of deeper meaning for you? Do you value in a way that not necessarily every other member of your family is going to appreciate or understand? For sure, they appreciate the stuff we do, but not necessarily appreciating the, the value that we're placing on that. I want to encourage you to think about that, maybe pray about that a little bit, because I think that's the key. That's where we find fulfillment and lasting happiness is the more we can embrace those kinds of roles that we are uniquely built to fulfill. That's where we're going to find happiness, right? Ultimately, yes, ultimately, we're going to find true happiness in the next life, hopefully, with God forever. But that's the way we find peace inside of our our work in a day-in, day-out living right now inside of our homes and families, as messy as it can be. If we are focusing on those things that God made us uniquely capable of doing, those gifts that He gave us as women, as wives, as mothers, that's where we're going to find peace, satisfaction, fulfillment, all those things that we say we want so much. And I can't wait to explore many of these themes on the subject of home and how we women are uniquely capable of building it, of making it with my guest today, Dr. Carrie Gress. Dr. Carrie Gress has a doctorate in philosophy from the Catholic University of America. She is the editor at the online women's magazine, Theology of Home. She's a regular contributor to Catholic and secular media and the author of several books, including The Anti-Mary Exposed and Theology of Home. Carrie is also a homeschooling mother expecting her fifth child this winter. Dr. Carrie Gress, welcome to Girlfriends. So excited to have you here. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. 
so this is a conversation I feel like has been a long time coming for me because I'm, <laughs> I've been a fan of your work for so long and just kind oh, of following so you from afar. Um, but this latest project, which I really want us to focus on here, is Theology mm-hmm. of Home. Can you get us started? Just tell us, how did this book begin? How did the idea for this come together? <laughs> Yeah, well, this is one of those funny projects that, you know, just kind of was dropped in my lap mentally. But um, I was actually mm-hmm. on my treadmill and I was listening to this song about home and how the, the story of the song was ending because this person was going home. And I realized, you know, that's all we really want. We just all want to get home to heaven with God. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then I started really ruminating on this idea of home. How do we, um, you know, it, stories end well when somebody goes home and, you know, the Odyssey, obviously this is one of the oldest stories in history is, you know, it's all about, um, going home. And so it just struck me that we have, we have this real authentic idea of home that can be ca- connected very tightly with theology. So, mm-hmm. um, kind of out of that ruminating came the words theology of home. And, um, the, at that point I was collaborating with, um, Megan Triber and Noelle Maring already. And so um, the three of us ended up kind of pulling this project together. But um, I also realized that it was a perfect opportunity to not just write something um, with words, but to use visual, strong visuals. Mm-hmm. Um, so we ended up hiring a photographer and having um, Kim Bale do all the, the photography for this project. And so there's over 100 pictures in it. And um, we just wanted to add some richness and help I think Catholic women really understand um, that our homes aren't these superficial places. You know, I think a lot of times we sort of feel guilty about I'm spending too much money on throw pillows or whatever. <laughs> but, um, you know, that there's actually a, a reason for this. And these are not things that we need to feel guilty about. And but also that this isn't isn't going to happen at the parish level. This is not the responsibility of the pastor and, and the priest to take care of right. this element. But this has to really come from other women. So. Um, anyway, it was just really a fun project from start to finish. And, um, actually Noelle and I are already working on the follow-up to it that will hopefully come out next year. Um, slightly different theme, but very similar product. But, um, anyway, we're, yeah, just really excited to start this conversation about what our homes mean, especially our culture spends for over $400 billion a year on remodeling and, yeah, we um, care about our homes, our homes, right? Yeah. We care about them intensely. And it's not just consumerism. And I think that's what I really wanted to dispel in this book was, um, I think a lot of, again, we feel that guilt <laughs> and, um, mm-hmm. I, I don't think that we need to, I think we need to be dialed into what's driving, you know, what's the motivation behind this. Um, certainly we, you know, we can kind of slide into consumerism right. and maybe comparing our homes with others. But there's something really important to be said about just creating a home as a sanctuary and have it really be a foreshadowing of, of heaven. And um, certainly those things happen, you know, with material stuff mm-hmm. and the spiritual stuff and that whole combination together. So that's kind of what we wanted to hit on was uh, plenty of books out there about how to decorate your home. But right. we want to really offer the why behind it. So that I love that. Really the- I love that. And I love that the three of you bring different perspectives. You kind of, um, wow. it, it's not like attributed to any particular 
person as you're kind of reading through the book, but kind of hearing different right. perspectives. And I, I love the yeah. way those different stories are kind of woven together in those different yeah. themes. Um, mm -hmm. I think that comes together really well. But this idea of beginning a conversation, this is what I like, um, Carrie, because that's what it feels like. You know, I've been seeing this yeah. book all over. It's been popping up everywhere. <laughs> you you all are doing a great job getting it out there in tan oh, also. But yeah. um, I'm loving seeing it because I feel like it is beginning a conversation that maybe has been a long time coming inside of our culture today, where on the one hand, yes, we value home, but are we exploring why we value home? But then even more so, are we exploring why women are uniquely capable of building home or understanding it or appreciating it? Like, are we talking about that, those unique gifts we have as women, not just for, you know, scrubbing out the bathtub or whatever comes to mind when you hear <laughs> Susie right. homemaker, but right. for, for creating home for our families. What do you think about that? Yeah, no, I, I think it's really exciting. And that was, I, I think from the very beginning, I felt like this had the potential to sort of stir things up in women's hearts that aren't stirred up in other places. I mean, even when we were picking out the pictures, we were like, we have to have children, we have to have pregnant women, we have to have big families, <laughs> we have to have husbands, you know, all of these things that are real so life. Right. And so natural. And yet they don't show up in, in women's magazines generally. And, um, and, and that was really, you know, much of this also was the fruit of my work on, um, the anti-Mary exposed and just looking at how women absorb content. And, you know, the fact that we still have all of these magazines, they're all very much driven by kind of the abortion agenda, mm -hmm. um, that group of women, and yet we still buy them day after day after day. You know, everything right. else has gone digital except for these magazines that, you know, I admit I, I you know, I love it when I get the the mags for miles and I get a free subscription to something. And, <laughs> um, you know, I can become very particular about it. You know, I won't buy better homes and garden because they're um, the pages are too thin. And, you know, it's just mm -hmm. it's funny how we could be specific about that stuff. But mm -hmm. the hard part is none of it is directed at us. And I think the closest thing we have is someone like Joanna Gaines, which is, you know, it's fascinating when you look at her because here she is, this Protestant woman, totally open to life. Um, she was able to deflect a lot of the drama that people tried to bring up about not being um, LGTB friendly, you know, all right. of that. And yet she's polling more popular than Oprah right now, or at least wow. she was a few months ago when I looked at the uh, polls. But um, yeah, it's pretty incredible. So I think women are starving for really rich content that kind of reflects our lives. And, um, you know, I think this is something that Catholic and gen Catholics in general have been hesitant to spend money on because they think, oh, women won't buy this. Mm -hmm. And yet you know, this book is selling despite even actually the funny thing was we didn't even have review copies out. The review copies went out the same day the book was released because there was a printing issue and they had to go back to the printer and had to get oh, new geez. covers. And, um, so it was, you know, I was watching the first three days and I just couldn't believe, you know, it's right next to Joanna Gaines's book and the top three and decorating. And I was like, how is this happening? You know, it was just mm -hmm. amazing to see it. Um, cause nobody had seen it at that point. So, right. Right. Um, anyway, so it's, I, I think it's really tapping into something that, that we want, you know, we want to feel like our ideas are, are reflected and edified and encouraged somewhere in the culture. And mm -hmm. I, I don't think that there's really, obviously there's, you know, great websites and things like that, but to see it when it, and you hold it and like flip the pages on it and be inspired, especially, um, because it's, 
it's very, um, it, it leads people to a creative place instead of a place right. of fear and anxiety. And I think that we have so much of that fear and anxiety being stirred up and the creativity piece is really, you know, kind of fall into the way. Right. Because it so. is a beautiful book to just leave through. I, I want to emphasize this for people who haven't held a copy. Just holding a copy in your hands is a beautiful <laughs> experience, first of all, with these beautiful photos by uh, Kim Bale is the photographer um, of different kinds of homes, different scenes from mm-hmm. family life, just gorgeous photos. But then accompanying it is this text, which is reflecting on the concept of home and sort of a deeper theology behind that. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, one thing that struck me was that, that, you know, this is aimed toward women, which in in some ways, uh, I'm sure you could get a backlash from people saying, why, why? Right. Why? Why are you giving this to women? Because um, there, there are a lot of ways that our culture gets the, the idea of homemaker wrong. Like that's a bad yeah. word. Right. You're not supposed yeah, uh, yeah. to want to be a homemaker. Like, exactly. what, what do you think about that? Yeah. No. And that that was just such a fun a- aspect of this book is what we really wanted to do was just visually and through the text kind of make this subtle apologetic for homemaking that, you know, homemaking isn't a bad word, but in fact, it's this incredible gift that we have to offer those that we love mm-hmm. in our lives, you know, to be able to bring wholeness and healing and nourishment and, you know, all of these kinds of gifts um, to the people that we love on a daily basis and see them really grow in that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's just an incredible gift and one that obviously has been, you know, tossed to the wayside by the culture. And yet this is why we're seeing so much damage in the culture um, is, is largely just because the, the family has become so threadbare. So mm-hmm. if we can sort of help people understand that this isn't some sort of like awful consolation prize or you know <laughs> something that just happens to those of us who aren't bright enough to get a real job or well, who knows what, you know, and the, the, the reasons, um, for it and all of the logic behind it is so ridiculous, but, um, but yeah, to sort of see it in a new light of not only is it just a, a complete gift that you're giving to others, but it's also very much a reflection of what God does for us, right. and what the church does for us, you know, it nourishes us, it brings us safety, it brings us comfort. And, um, and I think that the, this desire for this kind of sanctuary is get, is getting stronger in people, even though um, it's it, largely because the culture feels um, more bitter and painful, um, mm-hmm. you know, or caustic. Um, so they're looking for it. And, but they're, the missing piece, of course, is just this doesn't happen overnight. This doesn't just happen because you have beautiful throw pillows. Right. It has to happen because you have people actually making sacrifices and, um, you know, giving of themselves and making themselves available to really be dialed into the needs of, of their loved ones. Right. Oh, that's a beautiful concept. I love that. Um, so what is your, ultimately, what is your hope, hope for this book? <laughs> like, what do you think, you know, in your, in your wildest dreams, what are you hoping oh, that, readers are going to take away oh, from this? There. Yeah, um, that's a great question. You know, I, I think that, uh, you know, I, I look, have looked at women's content so carefully and meticulously for about four years now. And um, I just keep coming back to this idea that we we really need to just start putting our faith um, on offense. That we, you know, we've been defensive. We have all these great arguments and logic. And, and you know, this was something that's very hard for me to let go of. Um, initially, because of course I have a PhD in philosophy and uh, I spent all these years studying because I thought I, I want to just make great arguments that people just can't 
resist and help change the culture that way. And Mm -hmm. you can imagine, you know, my despair when I realized like we're in a post-logical culture, like that's just not going to work. We have to sort of shift gears. And, um, you know, as much as I still use my PhD in terms of research and logic and thinking, Mm -hmm. I I don't think my work really looks like an academic's writing at all. Um, that's Mm -hmm. very intentional. Um, but you know, to make a long story short, I think what I would love to see is just creating new space for Catholic women to feel edified and to feel like, yes, you're supported because Mm -hmm. the other piece that I've seen is that, you know, if you look at this kind of secret weapon in the Catholic church, it's, it's women. And, um, I don't think many of us feel like we should be evangelizing, but -hmm. I think part of that is because we think of evangelization in terms of apologetics or, you know, getting into an argument with somebody or, standing with a sandwich board on the corner, whatever, (laughs) and not realizing that it happens when we invite somebody over for dinner or it happens Mm -hmm. when we start praying for a loved one or, you know, we have people, the in-laws over and put blessed salt in their food, you know, all of these (laughs) very rich ways that don't have anything to do with apologetics. And um, so I I think that if we can get the choir really, and I, you know, I'm sure you get this too, um, just push back like, oh, you're just preaching to the choir. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? The choir needs a lot of love and support because yeah. the choir gets barraged. And, yes, and, singing know, is hard to do. <laughs> it is. And and there are so many of us that were so poorly catechized in our right. in our Catholic education that we don't really know all the pieces or it's easy to miss something or not understand something. And so um, I think if we can sort of support Catholic women, um, I think that's really like you know, if you want to set the world on fire, I think that's the best way to start. Like mm-hmm. get women that already love the church. We want to go deeper and feel supported and know that they're not, you know, operating as these, you know, individuals in this ocean of, of, uh, resistance. Right. But in fact, know that what they're doing is right and good and, you know, give them the tools to help them, um, reach others. And, you know, that was one of the concepts I loved most in this book was just that idea of we can't always get people to mass, but, we can get people to our dinner tables that right. we can invite people over for a meal. And that whole experience is, can be so rich and so edifying. I know as a single woman, I had people that did this for me and I always left that table feeling refreshed and renewed and mm-hmm. energized. And, you know, there were just, there were those intangible things that happen at that dinner table when you're really with people that are true believers and living the sacraments. And so, um, right. it's that, those kinds of ideas that we're not hearing about, I think on a regular yeah, basis in a very positive way. Right. I mean, I think we can, like you said, when you were, you know, single, you have these memories of being invited to into people's homes in that way. I think we all have those experiences where you come away feeling like I, I belong. I was a part of something yeah. I connected right. with people in meaningful ways. Yeah. And, um, right. and, and so I love that this is emphasizing homemaking, but really just building women up in that, that yeah. gift that we have for that, because, Ultimately, what you're talking about here, Carrie, is like relationships. That's what Absolutely. it's all about. And guess what? All about that. We're yeah. rock stars at relationships. Like we, we get <laughs> we it. We are. Yeah. You may not be able to make a casserole come out the same way as Martha Stewart or whatever, but we <laughs> we know when we get relationships in a unique way because we are female, because God gave us that gift. And that's just what this is built on. And so that's what I love about that really comes forth in this book from all the different perspectives that you offer here is that 
just really re- reinforcing that idea of focusing on relationships and the huge, the, the power that we have in connecting with other human beings. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that the additional power, power piece that we've really neglected as Catholics also is just the visuals. Um, mm-hmm. It just, we, we, I think we kind of are stuck in this 1970s perception that you know, unless something is felt, um, <laughs> or, you know, then this is, this is Catholic d- decor and designs. Right. And, you know, this is obviously there's so many of us that have, have kind of ditched that, but it's really hard to sort of figure out how do you decorate your home using, um, Catholic art and where mm-hmm. do you find it and how do you pay an arm and a leg for it? But at the same time, you don't always want everything from China, you know, all right. that whole balance. And, um, so kind of dispelling that, dispelling that myth too, because I, I think that it, it, a lot of times you can feel awkward as a Catholic, like, you know, here, which is sort of ironic because here we are the greatest patron of the arts in the history of the world. And mm-hmm. we, you know, we don't have a lot of beautiful things in our fingertips, which, you know, seems really problematic to me. Sure. <laughs> Why can't sure. we go back to these basic principles of, of, you know, proportion and symmetry, you know, there, there really is a definition of, of the beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and why can't we pull these out and, and use them to make amazing, you know, photograph worthy homes. Now I say this as somebody who, you know, I homeschool, <laughs> I do not have a, a photograph uh, worthy home, you know, most days out of the year, probably never. Um, and in fact, my home was not in this book. Um, it'll probably be in the next book, but, um, but I think that, uh, yeah, this is a real challenge for yeah. us because aesthetics are really important to women also. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, when we feel, feel sort of marginalized by them, um, then that's a problem too, because it's harder to share it with people and it's harder to, you know, want to spread, you know, give a book to somebody if you feel like, well, this is not really aesthetically very pleasing, but you'll get right. the idea, you know, yeah. Yeah. I think these, these things have to work together. So I think that that's another important piece that we really wanted to make uh, a statement about with this book. Itself. Yeah, for sure. I mean, these photographs are just, you know, they're, they're works of art, really. It's a beautiful, you know, experience just to leaf through and look at the photographs and look at the beautiful homes, which is inspiring. But let's talk about that kind of glossy appeal a little bit, because there's a balance to be had there. And I, I'm saying this, you know, with my own experience working in women's right. magazines, you know, Faith and Family Magazine, which I was editorial director of years ago, what I was always kind of right. struggling myself with that balance. Like, I want to show a glossy, beautiful, inviting, inspiring thing, but I don't want women coming away feeling like that's unattainable. I'm worthless mm-hmm. because my home doesn't look like that. How do you find that balance? You know, I think that that's one of the, the things that has most intrigued me. In fact, someone, um, when they looked at some of our initial pictures, was like, well, this is, seems very aspirational. <laughs> and um, mm-hmm. But you know what? It, we, it, it's fascinating because I don't think women want to look at homes that look like a mess, like their own house or that look like, <laughs> you know, this is why magazines sell. You look at Southern living or, you, you know, all of these home magazines, it's because it doesn't look like our house. It's because it gives you a new idea. In fact, I remember being, you know, and my four kids were very, very small. My mother-in-law would always get me a subscription to real simple. And if I had mm-hmm. 10 minutes, that was like my big break was to sit and just thumb through, flip through this magazine. Yeah. Um, just to feel like I was sort of getting out of my own yuck and mess and find some inspiration and creativity. And, you know, it was just renewing to me. Um, so I think that we have this kind of struggle interiorly where we're like, well, that doesn't really look like my house. Um, and, and maybe feel and or jealous of that. Right. Sure. But I don't think that that by and large is really the experience that most 
women have. And this is again, why there's so many magazines out there, why we keep buying them. Cause we want inspiration. We want, um, something new to sort of take into ourselves and women love learning. We love tips. We love switching topics really quickly. I, I remember when we got married, my, I had to like stop and tell my husband I'm changing subjects now because <laughs> he was like, would get too confused. Cause I would just jump around. He'd be like, wait a minute. We're not still talking about the thing. What? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But this is what the, the allure is. I think in women's magazines is that we've kind of captured that capacity. And unfortunately it's just been used for ill so long that we've kind of just gotten used to that. Um, but -hmm. I think that women really do respond well, um, when they're off, when they see something visually that's ordered and, you know, most of our houses weren't palatial, um, that we featured, they were just very lived in and loved and, you know, had a lot of care, um, put into them. So I, I think that it's, there's a big distinction that we have to make between luxury and beauty. Um, it's not always clear, yeah. Um, in our, in our own minds, but that was something we were certainly trying to capture was, um, order and light and, you know, all these other kinds of colors and things that we can bring into it. Um, mm-hmm. but also make sure that there was, you know, religious art in it as well, um, to, to kind of draw it back to, to the faith level. So, right. yeah, I think that there's a whole, there's a whole room for an, you know, an aesthetic on this that, um, hasn't been tapped into, but, if you look at Europe, I mean, this is why people loved love Europe is because it has all of these elements to it um, of of Catholic culture and, and right. kind of let it fall to the wayside. Right. Yeah. And I think you're, I think you're so right. And kind of you think about about that difference. Actually, I was thinking this just recently when I was in a church that um, just it was it was a new church and it just kind of felt like I was I don't know in a, in a museum <laughs> or something. It uh-huh. it didn't feel like home. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's those living elements that make it feel like home, whether it's just, you know, wood or beautiful work of art or, you know, a statue mm-hmm. or something, you know, that makes it feel less sterile, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that really comes forth in these these beautiful pictures. You know, what you want in your home is the same things that I feel like make a church inviting. Right. That yeah. the, the beautiful oh, art and, you know, the light and um, open spaces, perhaps. Um things that kind of turn your heart and your mind toward God, but there are ways we can do that in our own homes and without, without having to spend a million dollars on throw pillows. I mean, I think. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No. And I think, you know, that's kind of one of the fun pieces of, you know, we have maybe four or five chapters in the middle about these elements of home and mm-hmm. almost all of them translate very, very easily into what happens at the church and that experience of feeling at home at the church and what the church does for us. So, right. um, yeah, these great transcendentals that, um, certainly you need to be recaptured and, and underscored so that we sort of are purposefully putting them into our homes. And, um, again, that doesn't mean spending a lot of money. And in fact, often it means, getting rid of things instead of adding. Yes, that's things. huge, right? So, yeah. Books. I'm sure you have the same problem with books that I've got. Too. Yes, way too many books. for sure. Yeah. For sure. Uh huh. So I think, you know, that's, that's actually a great point that sometimes it's not about acquiring more stuff, like building your home could be um, getting rid of stuff, clearing out the space, mm-hmm. you can actually um, see that beautiful wood floor that's underneath all the stuff, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yep. order is important. Right. It means a lot. Well, Carrie, Theology of Home is more than just a book, though. It's a larger project. Can you share a little bit about what else is going on with Theology of Home? Yeah, well, 
again, this is, I feel like I've been driving sort of backwards down this dark alley for about a year and a half now where <laughs> every now and again, I'll get a glimpse of what God's trying, where he's trying to get me to go. But, um, about a year and a half ago, I started, um, what was then called Helena daily and we've since rebranded it to theology of home. Um, and it was an aggregate site that I pulled together of women's content. So it's Monday through Friday, um, roughly 10 articles, usually five Catholic and five that are secular pieces or pieces about, you know, fashion or whatnot. Mm -hmm. But, um, but I, I noticed that there was not an aggregate site for Catholic women's content. And I thought that seems crazy. Like, why is there not an aggregator like new advent or big pulpit or you right. know, several of them out there? And uh, I, I know, you know, when I write an article, how to get an article into those places, but I, I suddenly I was writing articles about women's stuff and I was like, I don't know what to do with this. So <laughs> I thought, why don't I just make my own? Um, hopefully it'll be pretty low maintenance. Um, so anyway, long story short, um, it's just kind of expanded on into its own project. And, um, so we, Noelle Mary and I manage it and we have some original content, but by and large it's content from other people. And we, we love being able to feature Catholic bloggers and all kinds of people. We know we use a lot of stuff from your site and, and just trying to help promote what is, you know, the good, true and beautiful, but in a very feminine way. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's travel articles and there's things about gardening and history and, you know, all kinds of things, again, that we love to skip from subject to subject and we're edified by many different things and sort of just underscoring all of that. Um, so of course, then there was the question of, well, how on earth are we going to pay for this. I mean, it's not cheap to run a website and yeah. putting all those hours in, you know, why are we doing this? And, you know, all those bigger questions. And then, um, of course we knew the book was coming out. Um, but even two years ago, I had this idea, uh, for Catholic candles, you know, we have those great, you can go to any gift store and there's those great soy candles that smell mm -hmm. really good, especially this time of year with pumpkin spice and whatnot. And I thought, why is nobody making Catholic one of these? Like a we have so, again, so much beauty, how many great scents in our church? Why are we not doing this? So, um, having never made a candle before, of course, I was the logical person <laughs> to take this project on. Um, but grateful I have a really resourceful and wonderful husband. So, um, the two of us for two years, we developed a line of candles and I am on pins and needles right now waiting for a shipment of the glasses to show up, which I keep getting, it keeps getting delayed. Oh, geez. Um, no fault of our own, but, um, in any event, um, but it's been super fun because it's, you know, it really is a very theology of home idea and, um, yeah. that the cancer ones has the chrism scent and it's called baptism. Another one is called Guadalupe. It's a rose citrus blend. And then the third one is our lady of victory or it's called victory. Um, and it has this great, um, it's like a gentle lemon and gardenia and lily scent. I just oh, love nice. it. And, uh, so those are the first three. I have, you know, like 12 more in my head that if I had the money, I would be developing, you know, tomorrow. Mm -hmm. um, so we've started selling these because I, you know, I didn't want to go nonprofit. Um, I can't, I just don't have the time to be someone out there pounding the pavement with donors. Right. Uh, so it's one of these things like, how do we, like this seemed like a natural thing. How do we serve women, but also pay for the website? And mm -hmm. um, so the product line is, is developing. So we've added, um, these really cute, cute handbags with our logo on it. And we're working on cutting boards and we have these fun posters we're developing for like children's rooms. And anyway, so it's kind nice. of in the you know, sky's the limit, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's more like, well, what would I want for my home? I think that's what I always keep coming back to. Right. Um, and going in that direction because 
I don't think we've also, I think there's a lot, again, a lot of Protestant stuff that we can find um, in this market, but I haven't seen a lot of Catholic stuff. So it's been fun to kind of dig into this. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's just been slowly. And now I got pregnant in May. So um, morning sickness and all that has also slowed me down. <laughs> Hit the big pause button there. Yes. Yeah, it was that. <laughs> it, it, I just, I had to just stop moving because I just felt so rotten. But um right. Yeah, so all of this, of course, was supposed to be lined up for when the book was released, but God has his own timing. God has so his own I'm plan, yes. But if people are interested in finding out more about the, the product line, where can they get that information? Um, it's um, theologyofhomemercantile.com is um, the website for the store. Okay. Um, and we have an, we've got an ad on um, theologyofhome.com, which is the aggregate site, too. So you, two are connected. So okay. that's the best way. Okay, great. Find both of us. But, um, you know, Instagram, we spend, we like, we love Instagram. Instagram has been a great resource for us as far as just our our projects. And then Mm -hmm. I want Facebook too. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, I'll have all of that linked up in the show notes for this episode of Girlfriends at AscensionPress.com. My guest today has been Dr. Carrie Gress, author co-author of Theology of Home, Finding the Eternal in the Everyday. Thank you so much, Carrie, for all the important work you do for women in the church, but especially for sharing from your heart and from your home here on Girlfriends today. Oh, thank you. It's my pleasure. Coming up, we have some listener feedback, but first a quick break. I'm Danielle Bean, and you are listening to the Girlfriends Podcast. Reading the Bible is something we as Catholics know we should do, but let's be honest, it can be kind of complicated. Even though it's a complete story, the Bible isn't really one book. It's more like a library with dozens of books and dozens of genres. There's poetry, prophecy, and prose. There are apocalypses and revelations, historical accounts, and allegories. No wonder it's difficult to keep a finger on the story of God's love and plan of salvation for his people, the thread that keeps all of it together. If you're wishing there was a simple guide to help you tie all of this together, then you're just like Jeff Cavins and Tim Gray. That's why they wrote the book, Walking with God. Walking with God is a single book that traces the story that ties the Bible together. It helps you to understand the big picture of the Bible. If you're looking to read more of the Bible, Walking with God will help you do it with confidence, peace, and clarity. You can find out more and order Walking with God on ascensionpress.com or on Amazon. Welcome back. Now we're at the point in the show where I usually like to share a little bit of listener feedback. And this week, I have some feedback, which is very much on topic. Uh, We've been talking about home, theology of home with Dr. Carrie Gress. Um, And this listener happens to mention that as well, among other things. So I'm going to share an email here that I received from Jennifer. She says, Dear Danielle, I am a longtime listener to your podcast. I just want to thank you for all the amazing work you do and let you know how it has touched my life and that of my family. I have three daughters, 15, 13, and eight, and have been married for 16 years. As a type A perfectionist and list checker, motherhood caught me very much off guard. We moved from my hometown shortly after getting married, and I struggled establishing authentic friendships in our new city. I found myself as a new mom, tired, overwhelmed, and with self-imposed standards that no human could meet. I had always liked drinking, and over the years, wine became my go-to to to soothe my inner critic and long days that seemed to never end. As is the case in alcoholism, my disease progressed over the years until I had no choice but to seek treatment, and I am so incredibly grateful that I did. 
I have now been sober for just over a year and the change in my life and family are beyond words. I do work as a nurse part-time and before listening to your podcast, I had never really valued all that I do in my home for my family. I listen to you as I fold laundry, do chores, and during a lot of driving to and from school and various activities. I now place value on cooking for and feeding my family and making our house a home as only mothers can. Raising teenagers isn't easy, but I often think of things you've said, like don't take it personally and remember how you were as a teenager. My relationship with Jesus is so much stronger after finding sobriety. I feel so validated in my role as a mother and a wife listening to your words. I sometimes think of the pain and inner turmoil that I endured, and I want to give that girl a big hug. So thank you. Thank you for taking the time to keep it real, to let me know that I am enough. I don't need to do more, be more, have more. I am loved and beautiful just as I am. My family and I are grateful to you for your ministry. Sincerely, Jennifer. P.S. It pains me deeply to know that other women suffer from this problem. If you choose to share this feedback, please let them know they are not alone and they can always reach out to me. Wow, Jennifer, I mean, there's so much there. I'm so incredibly grateful that you took the time to share that feedback with me um, and share your journey to sobriety. A huge congratulations on accomplishing that in your life, on making that choice, on breaking away from addictive behaviors. We've talked a bit about that here on the podcast before. And thank you for being open to hearing from others who might be encouraged or um, helped by your example. If anybody wants to write to me, danielle at daniellebean.com. If you Here's something inside of Jennifer's story that resonates with you and you'd like to connect with her, maybe ask some questions about her journey to sobriety, her journey through giving up drinking, um, you can do that. So send me a note and I'll make sure that you get connected with Jennifer. But I also love that you shared about valuing the role that you play as a wife and as a mom and as a homemaker. I think that is beautiful. And I'm so encouraged to know that any part of the podcast in some small way has been a part of that journey for you, part of that encouragement for you. That's what we seek to do here. Really connect with people about those things that matter to us as women, especially. So thank you for taking the time to share that feedback, Jennifer. If you have feedback you want to share with me for future episode of the Girlfriends Podcast, I'd love to hear from you. You can always email me, danielle at daniellebean.com. You can record a voice memo on your phone and send it to me at that address or connect with me on social media. My social media is Danielle Bean on Instagram, on Twitter, and on Facebook. I'd love to connect with you in those places. If you enjoyed this episode of the Girlfriends Podcast or others, you know what to do. I'd love it if you would share it with somebody. Post a link on social media. Maybe leave us a rating and review on iTunes. So helpful in getting the word out. Even just telling a friend in real life, somebody you know that might enjoy listening to the Girlfriends Podcast. We're always looking to grow our community of listeners here. And you can be a part of making that happen. We'd love to have your friends joining us here at Girlfriends every week. But for now, that's all the time that we have here at Girlfriends this week. I want to thank you for being a part of today's show. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for encouraging me with your presence and your participation in the Girlfriends community. Until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between daniellebean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation. 